I used to hate winter. It's too cold and so dark, and it seems to last forever. But lately, I've been learning to find beauty and freedom in this season of limitation and retreat. In this episode, we're giving ourselves permission to slow down, to get cozy, to rest, and to appreciate what the season of winter has to offer us. We're going to talk about huga and how things in nature survive the freeze, and what we could learn from acknowledging the reality of this season. Today, we're talking about wintering. I'm Katherine Sixmo-Wadsworth. This is You Gotta Try This. Get yourself some tea, bundle up, let's get started. Guys, I have a very special guest today. I am so excited to introduce you to my partner in this project. She has been behind the scenes with me the whole time doing all the technical stuff to make this podcast happen. And I can tell you, I literally would not be doing this without her. So friends, it is a joy to introduce you to my editor, Belle Batista. Here she is. Hello. Welcome. I'm so happy that you decided to do this with oh, me today. Oh, thanks. It's, it's fun to be on the other side of the mic, maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's the way yeah. to say it. Yeah. Great. So uh, they know me. They don't know you. So why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, I live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I've lived here for maybe not quite 20 years. And before that, I hopped around a few different cities, and I grew up in northern Wisconsin, which feels significant for today's mm-hmm. episode, um, talking about yes, it is. the light and solstice and the dark and cold. But yeah, Pittsburgh is home now, and I am raising, along with my husband, our two kids who are entering into that preteen uh, phase, which is kind of interesting and fun and mm-hmm. challenging. And I have a background mm-hmm. in coffee. I've been working in the coffee uh, industry, coffee field for the last 20 years off and on. And in the middle of that, I ran an after school program for uh, teenagers in downtown Pittsburgh. And uh, I've always been really interested in creating spaces for people to gather. Mm-hmm. And this podcast is one of them. So it's really fun to work with Catherine in this way. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, We've known each other for quite a while. We crossed paths in downtown Pittsburgh when you were doing that after school program and I was working with college students down there. Um, But this is our first time partnering together. So it's been super fun and I'm just delighted that you're here. Uh, Sometimes I like to ask my guests, what's something that they love as a way of getting to know you? So what do you love? (laughs) I love pleasant experiences. Mm -hmm. And mostly that looks like having coffee Mm -hmm. out, Mm -hmm. especially with other people or with a good book. Or um, I do enjoy painting. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes um, it would look like that. So, And uh, my husband, Frank, says... That I just, he's like, that's a really pleasant experience. And I, when I try to think about what's fun to me, mm-hmm. I just keep coming back to pleasant experiences yes. <laughs> rather yeah. than fun. But that's something that I love is going out for coffee and experiencing that community. Yeah. So, yeah. I think fun got, um, 
the word that we we think fun and then we think it has to be like super exciting and like loud and busy. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that that needs to be true. I think fun can just be when you're sort of in the flow state with some creativity and some community. So mm-hmm. it totally makes sense that that would feel fun to you to be yeah. in a place where you can just be. The couple things that you just mentioned there, like having a cozy space and um, like a pleasant experience, that's really what we're trying to talk about today um, when we're talking about wintering, which that might sound like a oxymoron to some of you. Both Belle and I are Midwesterners. She just said she grew up in Wisconsin. I grew up in Michigan. And we had these long, intense winters, like so much snow from the lake. And you just have to go slow and stuff gets canceled a lot. And so winter can be synonymous with limitation. Uh, And it's often felt like something I just had to endure or something to escape, if at all possible. Uh, But this year, I am learning to embrace it. And so today, Belle and I are going to talk about the gifts that are unique to this season and invite you all to lean in to winter with us. So, Belle, when we talk about wintering, like, what does that mean to you? Well, I do have to say, I do have to preface that Catherine and I are both in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and winter here, if you are not familiar, is... A very specific thing. Yes, <laughs> winter everywhere is very specific. But yeah. I have to say that winter here is very gray, mm-hmm. and it's damp, mm-hmm. and there is hardly any snow, mm-hmm. and so it's just a very sad mm-hmm. place for winter. Yes, and just really depressing. Yes. <laughs> yes. So when we're talking about yeah. wintering, there are I think we'll touch on this today, but there are very different kinds of wintering out there. Mm-hmm. And in Pittsburgh, I brace myself. I, I have some very close friends who brace themselves for Pittsburgh wintering, mm-hmm. which is bracing yourself for seasonal affective disorder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is gray. Like, I don't know if people outside of the city know this, but Pittsburgh is known as like second to maybe Seattle or Portland, like Pacific Mm -hmm. Northwest, like the cloudiest, grayest place in the country. Like it is, Mm -hmm. and I didn't realize that at first. And then once someone said that, I was like, you are right. Like the days when the sun comes out, it's like, oh Mm. yeah, maybe there is hope in the world. (laughs) Like I really feel we are solar powered and there is no sun. And this time of year specifically, it's so hard. Like this time mm-hmm. in December where the days are so short and it is freezing cold. And even though we don't get a lot of snow, we get ice and we got these hills. And so it's treacherous and you just feel like, mm-hmm. I don't want to go anywhere. And while that can feel super depressing, I'm trying to reframe it for myself and think about winter as a specific season. Uh, where mm-hmm. there are gifts to find, but we you have to maybe look a little harder. Some of the summer gifts mm-hmm. are more evident, but in the winter, there's something that is kind of magical about this mm-hmm. hibernation season. And I've gotten really into the idea, uh, it's a, a Danish culture thing that probably everyone has heard of, but um, it's huga, which spelled H-Y-G-G-E, I would think, Higgy or something, but it's mm-hmm. Huga. I looked it up to make sure. And it's mm-hmm. this quality of like coziness and comfortable conviviality that makes you feel content, gives you some well being. And so I'm trying to figure out how to cultivate a sense of that in my life and in my space during winter, um, that it's, it's a space to kind of 
pull back and to recognize that things are different in the winter. Like I don't need to pretend Mm -hmm. like everything is the same as it was in the middle of July. You know, my body feels like it wants to hibernate uh, and that is normal. And Mm -hmm. what would it look like to lean into that instead of just insisting that it's the same and I should have the same expectations for myself now that I did in the middle of the summer when everything was like light and joyful. Um, now it is a time to pull back and there's something, there's a gift in that as well, in the mm-hmm. coming coming home and making a space to incubate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that this idea is also counterculture. Yes, very much so. Um, and so I have, I have two thoughts about what you're saying right now. One is that this, and I actually say in my mind, when I hear the word hygge, mm-hmm. I say hygge. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm trying to like, I don't know how I'm going to say it, but yeah. it's hygge, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea about that. I also feel a little bit, I get a little, um, it reminds me a little bit of Instagram mm-hmm. because I see people creating these hygge mm-hmm. things. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot that you can do um, to create that atmosphere. Mm -hmm. But if you're not internalizing it, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you will really benefit from what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And I think that they both go together. But I think what you're talking about, this embracing winter, there is this internalizing of the idea of it. Mm -hmm. And it's counterculture because wintering, huga is not productive hmm. when you stop and think about right. it. Like you're not producing things. Yep. You're relaxing. You're mm-hmm. <laughs> you're slowing down and it's just, it's not productive. Right. And that just feels counter to our culture. Yes. Um, and I think that nobody wants to be rushing around. Like I think we all value probably the principles of this, but to still play that out is harder. Absolutely. Um, I was reading about this idea of light and how when electricity started mm. is when we we went against what was natural. Yeah. So our days lengthened. So when we were able to actually have electricity in our houses, it was, you know, artificial light. Mm-hmm. And so we could be more productive and have longer days and everything changed yeah. when that when that entered in, much like everything changes with a lot of technology. Um, But I'd never stopped to think about how electricity would affect our culture so much and and what we put out in production and where we are today. And the expectation we have for ourselves that we're going to be able to match that constantly. Like Mm -hmm. we're not people who are supposed to be able to match that all the time. Um, This idea that we are unlimited – is very attractive. And so we've created an environment around ourselves where we've removed a lot of the the natural limitations that the rest of the world, like nature, lives with. And we're Mm -hmm. like, nope, not me. I'm just going to keep going constantly and nail it every single day. And that is just not realistic. But we have tricked Mm -hmm. ourselves into thinking Mm -hmm. that it is. Um, There's this book that I read earlier this year that you actually recommended to me, Belle. Uh, It's called Wintering by Catherine May. Mm -hmm. It says, we like to imagine that it's possible for life to be one eternal summer and that we have uniquely failed to achieve that for ourselves. 
And so then we feel guilty that we're not able to match that all the time. And it's just um, so much pressure because life is just not like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She also writes, it's all very well to survive the abundant months of the spring and the summer, but in winter, we witness the full glory of nature flourishing in lean times. Plants and animals don't fight the winter. They don't pretend it's not happening and attempt to carry on living the same lives that they lived in the summer. They prepare. They adapt. Winter is a time of withdrawing from the world. That's where the transformation occurs. Winter is not the death of the life cycle, but it's crucible. And so I keep thinking about that and like, what could we learn from paying attention to the natural world and learning to live within the limits of our bodies and our humanity and the seasons that we are experiencing? And so mm. that is just like a really different way of looking at the winter. It's not something to endure, but it's something to honor and to recognize Mm -hmm. what it's asking of me and to respond in kind. That is perfect for what is, I want to say what's bringing me delay right now, Um, which is this book. It's an Advent book called All Creation Waits. And I mean, it's just, it's exactly what you, what you just, the quote you just read about the natural world. Um, So every day there is an animal, and the woman who wrote this is from Michigan. Mm -hmm. She wrote it for her children, and she wanted something um, different to kind of look at the idea of Advent because a lot of our Advent things don't always um, add up Mm -hmm. to what Advent is really about. One of the things that she says in the introduction of the book is engaging in Advent stripping practices, which are fasting, giving away, and praying. Mm. Uh, we can tune into the rhythms humming in the cells of all creatures living in the northern hemisphere. We tune into our own essential rhythms. So she writes, she has 24 animals that she writes about. Mm-hmm. And because she's from uh, Michigan, They are uh, all of a specific type of animal that I am used to, Mm -hmm. um, familiar with coming from Wisconsin. And she talks about the turtle, the muskrat, the black bear, chickadee, white-tailed deer, honeybee. Um, So there's a list of of them. And it's a short couple pages Mm -hmm. about these animals and how they naturally prepare for winter mm. or what they what their bodies do mm-hmm. um, what their natural instincts are and all of them are slowing down all of them are um they're surviving in a way that is natural yeah not in a way that is hard yeah i think just because it, it's the way yeah. so um i just want to give like one example i want to read Honestly, for this podcast, I just want to read every single one. Mm-hmm. One of the recent ones we just read was The Wood Frog on day 10 of the Advent. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to try to just summarize what happens to the frog. And this is written, she writes in a very poetic way too, but also brings in the science of it. But the wood frog, its arteries and veins freeze. and what? And so... <laughs> So the spaces between his cells fill with ice crystals. So it starts, I'm just going to read this real quick. So what happens, this is what happens to the wood frog. His arteries and veins are frozen canals. The spaces between his cells filled with ice crystals. His summer supple skin has turned crunchy. 
His heart is silent as a stone. Not even the weakest current crackles in his brains. And he is not dead. He is what scientists call extreme tolerant. Wow. Which is really funny because I, <laughs> right? Extreme tolerant. Yeah. But because of the way the um, weather is, you know, there's like, there's nights that it freezes yeah. and then it gets warm during the day. So I guess the frog freezes and then thaws out during the day what? and then freezes at night. And it's almost like a, its body is practicing because then eventually in the winter, it just freezes and he doesn't wake up. And they don't So die. he just is like, but there, yeah, he's not dead. It says one day he didn't wake. Though the morning air brightened, it didn't warm. It stayed the slow cold of ice. So he, tuned precisely to his milieu, stayed ice. And he is now and shall be until the rhythm shifts. And then she goes on to write how when the air warms, then he'll slowly thaw out. And it's just this process. And then there will come a warm day in spring when the ice goes out of the ponds and his blood and doesn't return. And he hops into the pond. Wow. (laughs) And and sends up a thrilling chorus. Death, we've robbed you of your ruin. We've taken you in. So it's just a beautiful, there's all of these stories, absolutely fascinating of how animals um, embrace the winter. I mean, literally freezing. And um, the turtle, one of the other fascinating ones is um, is when the, the turtle buries itself in the mud and its heart slows down so much that it's basically not beating. And it's just this this survival, this evolution, this, and it's beautiful. Yeah. And it just reminds us of these rhythms. She uses a lot of words about rhythm. And uh, I think that's a big thing about what we're talking about is embracing that rhythm. Yeah. That the seasons are there. Um, and it's really important for us to notice them. Yeah. And we have, in our culture, we've stopped. A lot of us have stopped. Yes, we have. And I think this is where I started really noticing when COVID happened because everything slowed down, everything around us stopped mm-hmm. and it made it gave us this like new blank slate to yeah. really just notice yeah. and slow down. Mm-hmm. And that was just such a gift for my family, for myself, mostly for me, to just start seeing, wow, these rhythm these rhythms, this permission mm-hmm. that nature gives us. Yeah. Yeah, um, I love that. Like that I really want to learn from these things that are they have their own wisdom, you know, like these frogs, the mm-hmm. turtles, even the you know the Danish people, we we're talking about the the hookah thing, people who have lived in these extreme situations, they learn something and we could pay attention to that and learn that wisdom for ourselves and lean into that because we don't. You're right. We absolutely don't. There's another thing from Catherine May. She says, doing these deeply unfashionable things, slowing down, letting your spare time expand, getting enough sleep, resting are radical acts these days, but they are essential. And that's really what I want to be paying attention to. It's like, hey, we are not infinite creatures. We don't have the capacity to be productive constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing blooms year round, but we have that expectation for ourselves. So what would it look like to instead honor limits and accept the dark and allow ourselves to shrink, to retreat a bit? And that mm-hmm. that's not a, it's not a death. It's not a failure. But thinking about the winter instead as like 
a womb where something could incubate, where it could be safe Hmm. um, and be protected and then allow it to develop and to grow. Like this could be a time where we can lean into our, our own like sense of self to our dreams, to like things that we want to allow to grow and to develop. And the, the winter could provide a space for that. Like as we sit in the dark, we can allow things to grow that aren't ready for public consumption yet, but mm-hmm. we could just allow ourselves to to nurture ourselves, to turn inward and listen and journal and dream and make plans and um, comfort ourselves. And that that could be, I think that's what the gift of winter could be if we're willing mm-hmm. to accept it. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten so excited in the last few years when it starts to become winter, when the it does get dark. I used mm-hmm. to dread it. Yeah. I used to count the days down to the winter solstice. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, they're getting shorter. They're getting shorter. And now yeah. I'm like, oh, bring it on. This is so great. We're going to be cozy. Yeah. We're going to watch movies. I've got my books lined up. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of years ago, we uh, decided to spend some of our extra money on a fireplace insert Mm. like a a wood we have a wood stove um and that is just like the icing on the cake for all of this and so we just have fires all the time yeah and just sit in front of a fire Mm -hmm. like we don't i mean we often play games and read books but um i mean it's literally really cold in our house so it's it's very helpful but just the fire Mm -hmm. um and i know not everybody has that or can have that but um that makes me look so forward to this dark and gray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so. there's magic in it. Like, there can be magic in every season if we let them be what they are instead of mm-hmm. thinking that they all have to be the same. So, yeah, I yeah. think that's beautiful. Have you noticed since you've read the Wintering book, have you noticed? Um, is it just a mindset change or have you done any you know, I, I have any been changes? making some changes. Yeah, like just uh, making like soups and baking and sitting by the fire. Um, sitting like now we have our tree up. So we're watching the, the lights sparkle on the tree, reading there. Mm-hmm. Um, just, yeah, feeling more comfortable just being home and allowing myself space to heal or to, uh, well, actually like this week I I had a migraine for a couple of days, which I haven't had much of in my life, but it was really a doozy. And to let myself be sick, just Mm -hmm. to rest, stay home and to get better uh, instead of just pushing through and expecting that I should just be able to keep being as productive as normal despite discomfort. Like that was, um, those are mindset shifts that actually are making a a big difference for me to allow myself to honor my limits and even like rejoice in them to some extent. I mean, obviously I'm not Mm -hmm. excited. I have a migraine, but like, Hey, that feels like an acceptance of what is, um, Mm -hmm. when we keep fighting against the natural rhythms of the world. And and we all have seasons like that, you know, where we're sick or limited in some way. And if we keep fighting against it, it just gets worse. Uh, but instead, if we could like liter- just accept it and lean into it and acknowledge that this is reality, mm-hmm. there's so much freedom within the limitation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to know that the light's going to come back. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that it's a season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's talk about that. So we wanted to talk about the solstice. That's actually why we picked this topic for this week. Um, the winter solstice is coming up in just a few days from when this episode's being released. Um, so the winter solstice is it's the longest night of the year, the shortest day, um, the least amount of sunlight in the northern hemisphere here. That's December 21st. That's when we're tilted the furthest from the sun. And so this just like ever-present darkness. It feels like the sun is going down here at like 4.30. I mean, it is mm-hmm. bleak. <laughs> um, so that's our situation. But this is the official start of the winter season. And then now, starting on this day, we'll be turning back toward the light. So talk about what that solstice has meant for you and your life in the last couple of years. So when going back to COVID, I homeschooled our kids during that time, and a lot of what we focused on with our small co-op was just very natural things and very slow things and not so traditional education papers and things like that, but very hands-on. We were outside all of the time Mm -hmm. because we were with other people, and so we just bundled up. Mm -hmm. Um, There was no such thing as too cold. It was just... I don't know if you've seen that quote. Um, There's no such thing as too cold. It's only bad layers or Hmm. not enough warm clothes or something. Mm -hmm. So, um, but it was during that time that I realized how much cultures focused on light and darkness. And it's actually a universal truth. How light is just very much a part of the stories. We we learned a lot of um, mythology and we learned a lot of fables, stories, different cultures. And it was just, it was amazing to just stop and learn alongside my kids about the light and Mm -hmm. harvest time. I mean, there's, there's that whole like farming and harvest season. And then there's rituals right now. I actually have a book in front of me called um, a year of holidays around the world, but it's celebrations of light and just how many different cultures and different religions, different people groups light is, it's just a major part of, of, of their, mm-hmm. of their ritual, of their celebration. And, um, you know, we've come from the Christian tradition. That's a big part of it too. Mm-hmm. This really dark season where, where people are waiting for a miracle mm-hmm. and it's, and it's that dark and there's this yeah. light that comes. And, and I just don't think that it's, I don't think it's something that we should ignore yeah. that, the solstice coincides with with this part of mm-hmm. of our belief. And yeah. um, when you think about Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and Diwali, like all of these are about light. Yes. And how beautiful that is. And then when you actually stop and think about it, light and darkness. I mean, it just, it goes so deep. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so that's just, uh, that I think I was sharing where that came from, but I think just learning alongside my kids mm-hmm. and then being able to stop and slow down and just realize the absolute significance of light and darkness yeah. for everybody in the world is is amazing. Yeah, it is. And it's not an accident that our Christian tradition lines up with this time. They actually moved Christmas to now, um, you know, for, I'm sure there were lots of reasons, but one of them was to line up with this, the solstice, like that we are waiting mm-hmm. in the dark for the light to come back. And that has been a theme of people's lives for, you know, like you were saying, you know, all of history, people have paid attention to the sun because it's 
yeah, it's what brings light, brings life. So the winter solstice can be a reminder of our connection to the natural world and to all of humanity. And so this is a really good time to get in touch with nature cycles. And it doesn't have to just be a bleak reminder of darkness. Um, like it's all about celebrating as the sun comes back and the light returns. And that's what a lot of the traditions have been. So people bring evergreens in to remind us that life goes on and we light candles and have Yule log fires and uh, people go look at Christmas lights and stuff. I mean, there's there are things that we do to remind ourselves that the light is going to return and this is just a season. Yeah. So you were telling me about a celebration you guys did for the solstice last year or the year before. So tell us about that. So this coincided with homeschooling, and um, we spent so much time outside doing hiking and camping. And so it just made sense for us to honor the solstice by going out on a hike. And it wasn't a foreign idea. I think like people people recognize the shortest day of the year, but to actually go out and experience it was mm-hmm. was really beautiful. So we went north of Pittsburgh to some woods somewhere and went on a hike and we left probably around 3 30 and took an hour hike and we brought hot chocolate and we brought candles and right about the time when the sun was setting I think we looked it up so we knew exactly what time it was setting but we found a great place to have a picnic I think that there was snow that year at that time but we we stopped and we paused and we lit candles we each had our own candles I believe and kids and candles are always really exciting, mm-hmm. no matter what. Yes. And I think we had a moment of silence. And I'm sure, and I don't remember what it was, but I'm sure we read something mm-hmm. that talked about the return of the light. Yeah. And then we had a hot chocolate. And it was a really great pause. And then we walked back in the dark, mm-hmm. which the um, juxtaposition of that to walk into the woods when it's still light mm-hmm. and to walk out is just really special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a huge celebration, but just to mark the season and to allow yourself to respond to it in whatever way makes sense. And it might be different every year, but I really like that. The idea last year was the first time that I actually marked the solstice and I did something very small. I just was uh, I lit some candles and I sat by the fire and just read some poetry about the winter mm. in the dark. And mm-hmm. that was it. That was enough for me. But I wanted to I want to keep leaning into it and recognizing there are seasons. And mm-hmm. I find that very freeing. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to share a poem that I found. It's by Jan Richardson, and it's a blessing for traveling in the dark. She writes, go slow if you can, slower, more slowly still. Friendly, dark, or fearsome, this is no place to break your neck by rushing, by running, by crashing into what you cannot see. Then again, it is true, different darks have different tasks, and if you have arrived here unawares, if you have come in peril or in pain, This might be no place you should dawdle. I do not know what these shadows ask of you, what they might hold that means you good or ill. It is not for me to reckon whether you should linger or you should leave. But this is what I can ask for you, that in the darkness there be a blessing 
that in the shadows there be a welcome, that in the night you be encompassed by the love that knows your name. I always like that one. It's a a reminder that the dark isn't necessarily something we need to be afraid of, but it's something Mm. that could be a holy space that can, it's for waiting, it's for discovery, it's for growth. Like everything grows in the dark, like all the roots Mm. are underground. Um, Every baby grows in the dark. There's so many things, so many things that happen Mm. in this space that we're taught to be afraid of. And I don't want to be afraid of the dark. I want to, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I want to see what it has for me. Uh, There's another quote too that I want to try to remember. This is at the, I I first came across this at the observatory in Riverview Park in Pittsburgh. And there's a really, really cool observatory there. And if you have the chance to go there sometime, you absolutely should. You can take a tour of it. It's really cool. I saw the rings on Saturn. Like, it's amazing. Mm. But um, there's a quote there that says, uh, it's in in the basement. There's a crypt where the people who used to work there are buried, which is a little bit weird, but mm-hmm. anyway, um, above the that room, it says, I have loved the stars too fondly to be fearful of the night. Hmm. And there's just so much beauty in the darkness. I don't want to be afraid of it. I just want to be able to mm-hmm. be there and to experience the goodness of mm-hmm. the cold and the dark and the night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I think the other thing that was always hard for me in the winter was this feeling of of being uncomfortable. Yeah. And not just physically, but like emotionally. Yeah. I mean, there's just like and 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 that is a real struggle. Mm-hmm. I'm not discounting that at all, but to really notice that not feeling it's about a feeling maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that it's okay to feel uncomfortable. Yes. And that there is good in that and there is growth in that. And, and it's a seasonal thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely, it's good to learn, like to increase our tolerance for being uncomfortable because that is the growth mm-hmm. edge of everything, right? Like if you're just comfortable all the time and everything's awesome, then you're kind of trapped. Like you can't move out of that space. We talked about this in the previous episode about risk, that the only way to grow is to be uncomfortable for a little bit, to be mm-hmm. outside of your comfort zone. And there is a lot of discomfort in the dark when it's unknown and we can't see what's happening and it's cold. Um but we can survive in that space. Like that's one of the things I think, you know, that book that you were just sharing, nature teaches us we can survive in those places of discomfort and come out uh, into the spring in a with a new life. And that that's like really beautiful, powerful. And I want mm-hmm. to lean into that. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff culturally that teaches us that winter is bad. Mm-hmm. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is definitely one of those primary ones but like just being cold and uncomfortable is like the evil space and Uh I'd like to reframe that so that we can thrive even in the winter and Mm -hmm. so thriving is going to look very different in this season than it does when we can be free and unprotected and vulnerable like we can in the summer Um, this requires a little bit more 
insulation and hibernation and rest. <laughs> uh, I even actually recently read that we need like two and a half hours more sleep per night in the winter than we do in the summer. Really? But I don't know <gasps> a single person who does that. Like we just like, <laughs> well, it's still seven o'clock time to get up. Like we just don't yeah. honor what our bodies yeah. actually are asking for in this season. So I'm going to practice and I invite everybody to practice with me to just notice what your body actually needs and to try to do that. Yeah. Thank you for the permission because mm -hmm. I do think that we do need yeah. to – I need to have permission. Yeah. So thank yeah. you for giving us permission. Well, thank you. Take I have um, no authority to do that. <laughs> but I do think that we can give ourselves and, and we can, I think, make space for each other to choose that when we honor our own limits and like – go first in that. I think mm -hmm. it, it invites other people to match that and to do the same. And so I would like this to be a community of people who honors their limits and who recognizes their needs and feels comfortable saying no to things. Uh, in this season, we have less energy, so I'm going to do fewer things. Mm -hmm. Okay. Why is that such a yeah. countercultural <laughs> radical request? But it 100% yeah. is. Yeah. Like We're just supposed to keep showing up with mm -hmm. all of this energy that we just don't have. So what would it look yeah. like to make different choices, yeah. to honor what's happening, to try to live within our actual limits? So I was thinking about how we can share this idea with others because I think for you and I now, this is something that we have given ourselves permission mm -hmm. or we've taken it from others um, to do and to live out. But how can other people... Like, is this just a concept? Is it what can other people do? And I just kind of wanted to touch on that as well today about what we can do. Yeah. So I don't know if you have ideas. I have a few. Let's um, hear them. Go. Well, the one is to read the book Winter. Yes. I don't um, – I think it. I think you really liked it. I did. It was yeah. really helpful yeah. for me yeah. just uh, to see somebody else's journey in the wintertime and um, write about it. I also think – I don't have a personal ritual. I think it would be really nice to, but to find a ritual for yourself in the wintertime, um, whether that's like a new tea. Yeah. A little bit. I, I try to drink more tea. I usually drink coffee, but mm -hmm. um, tea feels different. And mm -hmm. so that's like a seasonal drink. So anything seasonal. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I've been told that can the peppermint be. tea this okay, month. Yeah. yeah. Mm hmm yeah. So um, something like that, like make yourself a cup of tea, even that just feels slower. Mm -hmm. And it signifies that we're in a different season, like having things mm -hmm. that are for now that we don't do in other seasons can make mm -hmm. this, it's like ritualizing things makes them special and set apart and mm -hmm. helps us experience it more deeply and not fight it so much. I think like if we have mm -hmm. things to look forward to that we only do now, like then mm -hmm. that it really helps me. Mm -hmm. I think if you have the ability, even if it feels hard, to try to go outside in the dark mm -hmm. or have a fire, a bonfire, invite friends, have one wintertime gathering yeah. outside. Yeah. My kids, we've we've done, their school does a lantern walk. Cool. Um, and it's usually in November. We've done it when they weren't in school where we make lanterns out of glass jars or something, anything, and you take a walk with them. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be, like, it, there has to be no pomp and circumstance. There doesn't have to be a poem read, nothing. Yeah. You're just like, we're going with our flashlights into the woods yeah. tonight. Or um, 
the when it when is a full moon. Mm-hmm. Let's go look at the full moon out yeah. in the dark. Like yeah. it's uncomfortable and cold, but just even trying something like that, mm-hmm. I think, is good. Mm-hmm. And I think the simplest thing that we can do is light a candle. Yeah. Everybody has those, right? You're probably, if you are a lady, you're probably about to get seven new candles in your stocking this summer, <laughs> this winter. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you definitely can find a candle to start. And just that little ritual of lighting a candle, welcoming the light back in, those are great mm-hmm. things to do at the solstice. Yeah. Yeah. Well... As you know, Belle, the last thing that I want to do in every episode is to hear about something that's bringing you delight these days. So tell me, what is something that you are finding joy in? One of the things this week I'm finding a lot of joy in is my kids becoming, seeing who they're becoming in and of themselves. So my son just had a short school play and it was just part of his curriculum but it was the last thing he would ever want to do is go in front of an audience and say words out loud. <laughs> and he, it was just a joy to see him actually dance on stage. I had no idea that was happening. Yeah. And and have I could just see he was having a lot of fun and he got really into it. And he even said to me afterwards, Mom, I would love a bigger part next year. Wow. I was like, oh my gosh, That's you're awesome. discovering who you are. Mm-hmm. You're embracing yourself and... It's it's a joy and a little bit of a relief as well yeah. in this journey. And my daughter is also, she's got her first gymnastics meet ever. And cool. just to see her being excited. And she, I never thought that she would be interested in doing any kind of sport with a ball. Mm-hmm. But she came home and asked to sign up for basketball. Wow. And even that small thing, it was just really big to me. I'm like, oh, you're making your own choices. Yeah. And um, really embracing who you are and trying new things. And it's really inspiring. So that's been a delight this week to just kind of contemplate that and just look at my kids as Mm -hmm. people and not as just their mom. Yeah. Yeah. To see like who they're becoming. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So this week, my husband's been making me laugh a ton. I think he's very funny. He's like one of the funniest people I know. And he just says these things that are, I mean, they're not going to be funny if I even tell you what they are because they're not technically Mm -hmm. funny but they make me laugh so much and so I've just like been delighted when he says things and it makes me laugh till I cry and that has happened a couple of times this week where I'm just like beside myself and I cannot get it together and then he laughs more because he likes to do that Mm -hmm. so anyway it just makes me laugh so much Mm -hmm. he's very funny and I love being with him when he just makes me laugh till I cry it's the best yeah, yeah, that is, and you can't, you can't, you can't make yourself laugh. No, I know. Like, you, <laughs> like that. Yes, yeah, and he has this gift, like, he says these things, and, like, this happened when we were just dating. He said something that I thought was so funny that literally, like, I went home, and I was trying to go to sleep in my own bed alone at night, and I was just thinking about what he said, and I was just laughing, like, alone laughing because of something he said, like, three hours ago that wasn't even that funny. Like, it's just a thing that he just makes me laugh so he's hilarious and i enjoy that that's sweet yeah yeah no i love that you uh that you get some good laughs Mm -hmm. that's really healthy (laughs) it is yeah it really is yeah yeah 
All right. Well, thank you so much for being here, Belle. This has been such a delight. I'm enjoying working with you so much, and it's been fun to have you on this side of the microphone so people can get to know you, too. Oh, thanks for having me, too. It was great. Thank you all for listening today. I hope you got a new appreciation for the season of winter and are a little more open to what the darkness might have to offer you. I hope you feel free to rest and to honor your limits and the needs of your body in this season. If you decide to create some new huga practices or to celebrate the solstice to welcome the return of the light, we would love to hear about it. Send us an email at yougottotrythispodcast at gmail.com. You can find links to all the books we referenced today in our show notes. If you want to order one of them, I suggest you check out our new affiliate page at bookshop.org. It's a really cool website that works to connect readers with independent booksellers all over the world. And if you buy a book from them, you're helping to support independent bookstores, which helps them compete in the global marketplace. And if you buy from them, we get a 10% kickback too. We've set up a page on their site where we've listed all the books we've ever referenced on this podcast, which is a great place to check out all our recommendations. So if you want to order a copy of Wintering or the book Belle was reading about the toads, you can do it straight from there. Check out the show notes for a link to our site. It's also in our Instagram profile. If you liked this episode, we would love if you would share it with a friend. Make sure to follow the show wherever you listen and leave us a rating and a review. You can follow us on Instagram at You Gotta Try This Podcast. And remember to send into your delights to You Gotta Try This Podcast at gmail.com. Lastly, in an effort to practice what we preach, we wanted to let you know we are taking a week off. We are going to slow down, rest, and celebrate with family and friends, and we hope that you will too. So no new episode next week, but we'll be back in the new year with a great one all about my favorite things of 2023. Thanks again to my editor, Belle Batista, for pulling double duty this week. It was so fun to do this together. That's it for today. I'm Catherine Sikma-Wadsworth, and this is You Gotta Try This. Thanks for listening. <laughs>